I have always wanted to write a book. I even started writing one when I was in eighth grade, but couldn't keep up with it due to consistency issues. I think that is exactly why when I found out about Nikita Daga, who is the author of the book Blooming, which gives you financial struggles of women all over India, I was like, dude, how did you write the book? How did you complete it? How did you publish it? How did you manage your time? So many questions. I had so many questions and I have asked each one of those questions in today's episode of Posture You. Welcome to the first episode of Posture Resume brought to you by Opportunist and I am your host, Dhruti. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and today we have with us Nikita Daga who is the author of the book Blooming which gives you stories about financial struggles of women all over India. Hi, Nikita. Thank you so much, Suti, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself a little more? Sure. So um, as Suti mentioned, my name is Nikita. I am a high school senior at Canadian International School in Bangalore. Um, I'm a strong believer in women's financial independence. And this led me to write my book, Blooming, which I will be talking about a little bit later. Um, and yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Okay, let us start with the name, right? Why the name Blooming? Um, so I think the name Blooming truly um, encapsulate, encapsulates the people whose stories I've talked about in the book. Because I think um, Blooming is just a way of describing women who I believe should truly be blooming in a financial sense. I think it's high time that women take charge of their financial uh, finance and become finances become financially independent and I think blooming is truly what I see these women doing with their finances and I think that's why I came up with the um, the title blooming why write a book like how did this start so um the idea of um trying to talk about women's financial independence um came to me just by looking at the surrounding community in india i don't think it's any secret that women in india are less financially independent um are kept at an arm's distance from finance and men are seen as the breadwinners of families and that was always something that made me wonder um why it was so why this gender disparity so um i started actually doing research and i wrote a research paper um, on this topic. And um, that was obviously more quantitative in nature because it was a research paper. But after I finished that, I kind of felt that there were a lot of emotions that were not captured enough. There were a lot of stories that needed to be told. And that's kind of where I got this idea of um, bringing out these stories. And I felt like a book would be a really great way to truly do justice to these stories. Right. So your book is all about the financial struggles of women? Absolutely. It's about um, the various struggles that um, women face in becoming financially independent. It tries to redefine financial independence. um, And it does all of this through real life examples of actual women in India. Um, So just talking a little more about that, um, I reached out to um, many women, I think over 50 women over social media from multiple states of India. And hearing their stories, um, I kind of you know, took the main points of what was truly limiting women. And I structured the book to revolve around these stories, but to also tell a larger story of what were the main things that were hindering women. 
And these stories were a medium through which um, these difficulties and this discrimination was put forth. So you reached out to women on social media, right? So was it all smooth and easy going or did you face some, you know, resistances? Um, so it was relatively smooth, but of course there were certain hiccups. Um, I reached out to women over Facebook, um, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, through contacts, um, a bunch of women groups. Um, obviously, not everybody's comfortable sharing their stories. Not everybody has a story to tell. So it takes a little bit of time to gather women and to truly um, make sure that um, they're able to trust you because they are sharing very personal stories to make sure that they are okay with these stories being published. Um, so that was um, a lengthy process, but obviously um, it taught me so much and it allowed me to hear such great stories that are obviously um, put forth in my book. I think the other um, small barrier that I faced was um, a language barrier. There were certain women um, that spoke Kannada, for example, and that's language that I don't speak. So I needed to get into um, finding people who could translate for me without letting go of the essence of their stories. Yeah, so I read this that you moved from US and this is what you saw and were really disturbed. So how would you compare this scenario, the financial freedom of women in India and US? Like, is there a huge difference? Um, I don't know if there's a huge difference in mindset, but there is a huge difference in outcome. Um, because in India, um, women seem to be more disconnected with taking charge of their finances in terms of even earning or even uh, earning, managing, or having the literacy to manage their finances. Um, if I were to give a reason to this, it would probably just be need and not uh, not necessarily mindset. Obviously, the Western world is um, becoming a little more inclusive and India is still a developing country. Um, that does factor in, but probably one of the greater reasons is in the US, it is, it is financially or stability-wise absolutely necessary for everybody to be working and um, earning to be able to feed themselves, which is not a necessity in many households in India. Um, one income is able to sustain Indian households, which usually means that um, the female is the one that gets disconnected from the earning and financial process. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they are disconnected from the financial process? Is that like a solid reason which you researched about? I don't think you can pinpoint it down to one reason. Um, the factors um, start from basic things like education. Women have less access to education, even if we do see, um, you know, female education rates going um, higher. Educated females then, when they enter the workforce, face different kinds of um, discrimination. Once they get married, many of very educated women are not allowed to work. Um, even those who are able to get educated, which is already a smaller number than the number of males who can get educated, are not able to take um, that education and make use of it in a financial sense. And then obviously there, there's a lot of social discrimination and even um, legal hindrances to financial independence, which is another thing that I do discuss in the book in terms of some of the laws, especially inheritance laws, which are more discriminatory um, gender-wise. And all of these factors kind of come together to make women um, disadvantaged in a financial sense. Do you see this changing or like deteriorating? I absolutely think it's changing. I think with each generation, things are changing. The fact that um, the education rates are going 
up um, the fact that there are higher percentage of women in the workforce is statistical proof of this change. But even otherwise, I think the conversation, the conversation that we're having right here on this podcast is proof of the fact that there are things changing because once conversations begin and once people start listening, change does follow through. Because I personally feel like this issue of women not being financially independent is one of the relatively easier ones to solve. And I say this because many of the problems out there in the world require a lot of resources, a lot of time. This requires a change of mindset, which obviously is something that is in our hands 100%. Um, So when there is something that is so in our power, we hold the power to obviously carry out that change. And I think that's why um, with each and every person whose mindset changes, either by listening to this podcast or the other hundreds of conversations about this topic that are going out there in the world, I do think change is happening. And I am hopeful for the future. Right. So now shall we discuss about the process of writing a book? Can you just through the uh, Absolutely. So um, for those of you who are able to see us visually, this is my book, Blooming. I don't know if you can see it very clearly. Um, so my aim with writing, uh, with writing this book was um, making it accessible to as many people as possible. It is in English, so I know that large sections of the population still cannot read it. And that is something that I do hope to work on in the future, um, translating the book. Um, but even the English in it is very, very simple. It is for people who traditionally do not feel like they're very confident in English. It's a very short book. It's very simple language. Um, and I think that was me first trying to um, understand who my target audience was. Once I got that down, um, I started, like I said, reaching out to a lot of women to hear their stories because those stories um built the foundation for what my main argument or what my main point was going to be in the book. Because it is only through real people and real stories that you can truly see the problem. Um, me sitting here and saying there is a problem is A, not credible, B, not, not authentic. The people who have faced the struggles, the people who can truly talk about their experiences are the ones who deserve to have the voice and deserve to be able to share their experiences. So that was my main aim. So once I got all of these stories, um, I started breaking them down into what were the larger problems and those kind of became my chapters. So I have chapters on the educational issues, the marriage issues, legal issues, social issues, etc. So those kind of became the overarching themes. And then I just started drafting. I started using these stories and then I started analyzing these stories to bring out the underlying problems. Because while these women obviously were able to tell their own personal stories, it was my job to make sure that I take out, like really bring out the true problem from these stories and try to understand where the root of the problem was. So that was something that I tried to do. And through these stories, um, I created like chapters and a whole narrative around what are the different problems women face, as well as what can we do as individuals to sort sort of solve these. Once I finished up with the book um, and I had everything drafted, I took a self-publishing process because um, for me, profit making obviously wasn't one of my main goals for me it was about being able to um help the book reach as many people as possible and help the people who really wanted to read the book be able to read the book like that was my one and only aim for this book to share these stories so i took a self-publishing route um i edited and then i designed the cover and everything and self-publishing is actually pretty quick i went through a platform called notion press and um i think it takes about two weeks 
to get it through and then once that was done um yeah the book was out there and i shared it and yeah it's been great since then that was basically the process in a nutshell can you tell us the timeline between like when you started and like finished so that we can get a fair idea so um like i said my book is fairly short um so i started in february of 2021 that's when i started um collecting the interviews and i published my book in july 2021 so that was i think about 6 months right. of writing i saw i saw your book on amazon unfortunately it couldn't get delivered on time so i just saw the comments down below and most of them are positive and you've got mostly five star reviews so how do you write a book or like how do you reach people who uh, really like the book and like give you amazing comments and stuff absolutely so i think um the people commenting were definitely passionate about the issue um when i look at the comments i see that the book and the topics discussed in the book seem to have touched people um and that that's been my aim all along so that makes me really happy um when i see feedback like that um to see that people read the book and some of them talked about new new ideas or new perspectives that they haven't been looking at the issue with i think that is extremely fulfilling because that was the whole idea to bring the perspectives of the women who are interviewed out to people who may not know the struggles that they go through um so i think the feedback i hope and i think comes from a place of i feel passionately about this issue and also this book has helped me learn something new and helped me see a new perspective that i'm going to share in the form of my feedback so yeah i think that's basically all i have to say about the feedback when you self published the book and like when you're done with everything did you send it to a set number of people like first feedback No, I did not actually do that. Um I opened it out over Amazon and Flipkart to um basically everybody and I just shared the link on my circles. Um so no, I didn't go through like the whole um expert review or like, you know, a close circle review process. I did have some of like um some of the people from my family and friends who I think know about the topic and are good with writing sort of have a look over it and edit it even before it was published but after it was published it was open to everybody equally right and you didn't have an editor right you did the editing on your own with your family members yes. so yes right so i heard you say that going forward you want to translate the book to different languages what else going forward you look at the book as like what else you want to do with the book Okay yeah so um the first step obviously is translation like i said um the english speaking audience in india is is large sizable but not everybody and i truly want the ideas in this book to reach everybody so um translating it to different languages would be the first thing i would get to um another thing that i've already started working on is um helping women improve their financial literacy because um when i look through all the stories in the book i realize that a recurring theme is the idea that um due to a lack of financial literacy a lot of women are becoming dependent on other people their male counterparts um or just they aren't able to stand up for themselves just because they don't have the knowledge about money so one thing that i've started doing is st- sort of started holding financial literacy workshops um to help women whoever are interested um try and understand finance and to start delving into finance for absolutely no cost 
um, yeah, I think that and then obviously I will keep speaking up and using the book as a platform and a means of reaching out and keeping this conversation going. I think that is super important because like I said, the biggest issue um, that I see is the mindset. And once that changes, I think everything follows. And to me, conversations are the first way to start the change in mindset. Right. And the book is available both on Amazon and PrepCard. I'll put down the yes. links below. Okay, moving on to our next segment, which I've talked to you about. Which is your favorite quote? Um, so I don't know about favorite quote, but definitely um, one quote that inspired me and the idea of my book as well was by Megan Markle. And she said, women don't need to find a voice. They have a voice. They need to feel empowered to use it. And people need to be encouraged to listen. And I think that's a brilliant quote that truly encompasses everything that the book is trying to say and that um, I truly stand for. Right, that uh, that was a speech during the Girl Up Leadership Summit, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, what about your favorite book, apart from your book, obviously? Obviously, yes. <laughs> um, I read this one book called Who Moved My Cheese? Sorry? and it's called Who Moved My Cheese? Who Moved My Cheese, okay. Yeah, it's by Spencer Johnson. And um, it talks about like how um, the process of changes and how we shouldn't be resisting ourselves to change. And I think that's a really inspiring book that I would definitely recommend to anybody interested in reading in the audience. Right, even the title looks so interesting, Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah, what about your favorite uh, song or playlist? Um, I find Billie Eilish. I think her vibe is very interesting. I think one of her songs that I find quite empowering is Therefore I Am. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't call it my favorite song or playlist, but definitely one that I find interesting. Right. Okay, so your advice to anybody who wants to start writing a book and wants to be consistent with it? Um. So I think the first step, if you want to write a book, is to not have the mindset of I want to write a book, but more of the mindset of there is this one thing that I want to talk about. If it's non-fictional, there's probably some issue that you feel passionately about or a story that you really want to tell. Even if it's fictional, there's probably this one story in, or this one like idea in your head that you really, really want to put out to the world. So you need to feel very, I feel like feeling very passionately about what you're going to write about and knowing why you want to put it out there is important. Um, it does get a little difficult, I won't lie, because um, six months was a fairly short time span for me. So I was obviously writing a lot in that time span. It wasn't a very spread out process, um, which meant that you, I kind of had to set deadlines for myself and no matter what, I had to meet them. I think that has both costs and benefits. The benefit is that no matter what you keep writing and there is the risk of if you stop writing, you let go of the book altogether. Um, so if you set deadlines for yourself, you don't let that happen. And if you meet them, obviously you keep progressing. The disadvantage is sometimes when you're rushing to meet a deadline, your quality might not be the best. But how I sort of dealt with that was I still got everything down on paper. The editing process, the review process, I read my book like over 20 times. It's an ongoing thing. No matter how much time you take to write your chapter, you will still have to read your work though that many times. So from my personal experience, I just recommend get your ideas out on paper. Editing is easier than like writing fresh. So still meet those deadlines. If you feel like you're 
not doing your best job, it's okay because you have time after you write it to edit and improve. I just have one last question, which is how did it feel to have your book printed in your hand? Like how, how was the feeling? Six I cannot describe it. Six months of hard work. I cannot describe the feeling. Um, not even in my hand. When I saw it listed on Amazon, I think I was like mind blown. Like it was, it's a lot of hard work that goes into the book. And to know that you've achieved it and you've finally finished is a surreal experience. Um, and it's totally worth it. Thank you so much, Nikita Daga. And all the best for all of your future, future books. We'll be looking forward to them. Thank you so them. much. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. It was great having this conversation. Wow. What an episode, right? I hope after listening to this episode, all of you will turn to your pens and start writing your own book. Be the author of your own book. That's it for today. Until next time, this is me, Druti, signing off.